Previously on Flying the Line, we examined the growing spirit of complacency among many pilots during the four golden decades, the introduction of deregulation, and the tensions created by the ensuing brand of shutdown. This podcast is brought to you by the Airline Pilots Association. ALPA supports its pilots through a variety of resources, including Flight Finder, located in the ALPA app. Flight Finder is the most comprehensive resource for jump seat today, providing real-time access and availability for your commute to or from work. Download the app at alpha.org apps or in your smart device's app store. Welcome to the Flying the Line podcast, a look into the past of the Airline Pilots Association, abridged from the book Flying the Line, Volume 2, by George E. Hopkins. Chapter 3, Part 1, The Trials of J.J. O'Donnell. If airline pilots as a professional group thrived during the decades of government regulation, ALPA did not. While ALPA has always been a union free of anti-democratic corruption, it struggled for much of the period. Some careful observers of ALPA's history believe that an excess of democracy, if such a thing is possible, lies at the root of the problem. For most of the four golden decades, ALPA's history at the national level bore witness to a steady subset of disputes among its leaders. Airline pilots tended toward polite confrontations, but these repetitive quarrels detracted from ALPA's effectiveness as a labor union. Some quarrels originated from policy differences, but a great many were purely personal, the product of individual quirks, feuding, and, all too often, sheer ambition. Internal skirmishing has always plagued ALPA's presidents. Dave Banke, ALPA's founder, suffered from these attacks, although he was quite vengeful against those he regarded as bad actors. While his ouster in 1951 was necessary, didn't Benke's struggle to hold on to power contribute to his deterioration as a leader? Clancy Sayin, Benke's successor, resigned under pressure in 1962, midway through his term. He was sick of the constant sniping at his leadership. Charlie Ruby, Sayin's successor, had a terrible time in office. He survived a 1968 recall effort by deciding a tie vote, which he himself cast in the executive committee. Internal quarrels persisted over time, which led to major changes. Throughout the golden decades, ALPA's leaders were aware of this problem and wrestled with it intermittently. The best example of this internal struggle is the collective history of the various organizational structure study committees. The first, founded in 1951 during the Benke ouster, had several manifestations over the years and employed many celebrated outside consultants. That ALPA heavyweights frequently served on the various committees confirmed the gravity of the problem. Put simply, that problem was internal politics and the effect it had on ALPA functions and services. The culminating crisis of ALPA's administrative chaos followed the defection of the American Airlines pilots from ALPA in 1963. Then, a bitter power struggle between President Ruby and the regional vice presidents all but deadlocked ALPA. 
While the word politics generally elicits a negative response, Alpa's presidency is a political job. Nobody can lead Alpa without being a good politician. The person who lacks political skills, who has no knack for influencing others to adopt policy in their mutual interest, cannot survive long at the top. John Joseph J.J. O'Donnell survived for 12 years at Alpa's top. As a practitioner of the political arts, he was no slouch. The mere fact that he emerged from the local executive council chair to Alpa's presidency is proof of his political gifts. In fact, O'Donnell's internal opponents would often use his skill at politics against him. They argued that possession of these skills was proof that he was not suited to hold Alpa's presidency. O'Donnell created more Alpa history than anybody, save for Dave Benke. From his election in 1970 to his narrow and bitter defeat by Hank Duffy in 1982, O'Donnell survived at the top of Alpa's political world. Politics, by one definition, is how people in any society decide who gets what. Alpa's particular brand of politics could be as treacherous as a Byzantine courts. This tendency for infighting permeated its politics down to the local level. O'Donnell faced bitter opposition and serious recall efforts, all of which left wounds. O'Donnell sat for a long interview in January of 1991, after Hank Duffy's term ended. He was retired, living in Florida. In the interest of fairness, he refused to go on the record with his Alpa recollections until Duffy also retired. Relations between Duffy and O'Donnell, influenced by the 1982 presidential election and the difficult transition of power that followed, were never close. That is not to say that O'Donnell failed to express sympathy for Duffy. Like former U.S. presidents, ex-presidents of Alpa belong to an exclusive club. They pay each other a certain respect, regardless of their past differences. With Alpa work behind him, O'Donnell became passionate about tennis and physical fitness. He pursued them with the same intensity that characterized his presidency. But time and retirement mellowed him only slightly. During the interview, the bitterness that O'Donnell harbored from his many battles emerged clearly in his rapid-fire Boston syntax. He overflowed with tales of his 12 years as Alpa's president, complete with the political reality of intricate deals, misunderstandings, plots, and counterplots. His capacity to shrewdly sum up both friend and foe was evident. The defeat that Hank Duffy inflicted in 1982 still festered, although O'Donnell tried to pass it off with a show of philosophical detachment. From O'Donnell's perspective, most of his troubles as Alpa president came about because the radical third made life miserable for him. Bill Arsenault topped O'Donnell's enemies list. He was the United Pilot Group chair O'Donnell defeated for Alpa's presidency in 1974. He plagued O'Donnell until February 1975, when the United Master Executive Council recalled Arsenault as chairman. Arsenault came to United in the 1961 merger with Capital Airlines. Despite the minority position the Capital Pilots held, Arsenault rapidly became a factor in Alpa politics at the MEC level. He was a fierce O'Donnell critic and a potent adversary until the mid-1970s when he undid himself with the United rank-and-file over contract negotiations. 
Arsenault looked, talked, and acted like an old-fashioned labor boss, not the sleek, sophisticated image most airline pilots preferred. If there is truth in the notion that opposites attract and equals repel, then perhaps that explains Arsenault and O'Donnell. They were very much alike. Politically, O'Donnell sounded and acted like a guy out of a 1950s labor movie. Street smart, tough, quick-witted, O'Donnell built his Alpa career on the bones of political opponents who took him lightly. To assess O'Donnell during his 12-year stewardship of Alpa, a review of a few critical episodes is necessary. O'Donnell won the Alpa presidency in 1970, after a successful 20-year career at Eastern. Although he had served on the Eastern Pilots' Negotiating Committee for 14 years, O'Donnell was best known as a Charlie Ruby loyalist. O'Donnell had won a reputation as an expert in retirement and insurance matters. His willingness to help other Alpa groups restructure their R&I programs made him well-known to the pilots who specialized in this area. But O'Donnell was a virtual unknown to the pilots flying the line. Eastern's Boston base, where O'Donnell emerged, had provided more than its share of inside players who distinguished themselves behind the scenes in the nuts and bolts committees. Pilots in small domiciles tended to elect and re-elect the same pilots. Everybody knew everybody else, and their faces became recognizable within Alpa's inner circle. In a larger base, pilots were constantly coming and going, making relations more impersonal. O'Donnell benefited from the focused minority aspect of his small pilot base. His willingness to take on extra tasks had distinguished him as a bear for work. The internal politics at Alpa's top have always been complex. They are driven by rivalries that often had more to do with personal differences than policy matters. This personal factor was no less true of O'Donnell than it was of Clancy Sayan or Charlie Ruby. But in O'Donnell's case, critical policy issues had a large bearing on the political equation. One critical issue, skyjacking deserves special attention because it led to the 1972 Suspension of Service, or SOS. The SOS almost made O'Donnell a one-term president. It also tells us something about him as a political leader and about ALPA as an organization. Skyjacking was perhaps the most dangerous and prolonged crisis of the O'Donnell era. To deal with it, ALPA needed to step on some powerful toes in government and management thus permanently affecting both internal and external relationships. O'Donnell's presidency began with the skyjacking crisis already full-blown. The most immediate and personal crisis to confront professional airline pilots since the 1930s, it was second only to deregulation. In terms of their personal safety, the physical threat of bodily harm, skyjacking menaced every pilot everywhere, a hazard unrivaled in modern times. Broadly speaking, skyjacking can be divided into several categories based on the purpose of the skyjacker. Some were simply deranged individuals whose motives were obscure. Others were common criminals. Many U.S. skyjackers sought transportation to destinations denied to them for various reasons, usually political. Individuals seeking to get to or leave Cuba 
after Fidel Castro seized power in 1959, made up the bulk of this category. But the most troublesome skyjackers were political terrorists, who most often sprang from the modern Middle East. Almost from the beginning of O'Donnell's tenure as Alpa's president, the skyjacking issue and the search for a tactical solution to it dominated his attention. Any number of the people O'Donnell brought into Alpa work, men who would later be regarded as his protégés, owed their rise to the skyjacking problem and Alpa's search for a solution to it. Technical solutions, however imperfect, would eventually be found for the problem. Airport security owes much to the contributions of ALPA, the International Federation of Airline Pilots Associations, and the hundreds of individual pilots from many nations who worked so hard on them. But the fundamental problem in advancing a solution to the skyjacking problem lay in the realm of politics. O'Donnell's whole presidency was, to some extent, colored by his response to skyjacking. The direct method many pilots favored to underscore the seriousness of the problem was the SOS concept. A series of skyjacking incidents, several of them desperate and dramatic, forced O'Donnell's hand. Aware that something as radical as grounding an airliner to make a political point would be controversial with airline pilots, O'Donnell prepared for it in unusual ways. One innovative step which Charles Dent of United Airlines suggested to O'Donnell, was a celebrated B-747 ride Alpa sponsored for nearly 300 United Nations personnel on November 6, 1971. The short flight from New York to Montreal in the rented Pan Am B-747 was intended to lobby influential politicians from all over the world to pass Alpa's T-plus anti-skyjacking program. Put simply, T-plus was a comprehensive set of laws, penalties, and procedures for dealing with skyjacking. Placing these world leaders in a controlled and dynamic situation where they could hear the stories of more than 30 crew members who had been skyjacked won unanimous support among rank-and-file pilots. Everybody who participated in the UN flight thought it went well. The roster of Alpa topsiders and MEC heavyweights aboard was impressive. Tom Ashwood of TWA, who would later come within an eyelash of unseating Hank Duffy from Alpa's presidency in 1986, acted as master of ceremonies. All the international politicians who accepted Alpa's hospitality on the Montreal excursion went home vowing immediate action by their countries. But... Despite rave reviews in the press and all the backslapping support, nothing happened. Terrorism and skyjackings continued. The international community, for all the assurances that their UN representatives gave, resisted a coordinated attack on skyjacking. The International Civil Aviation Organization, or ICAO, headquartered in Montreal, offered no help in quelling the skyjacking problem. ICAO would repeatedly fail to take effective action against skyjacking. Because ICAO required a two-thirds majority to pass rules, African and Arab nations were able to block anti-skyjacking efforts. Despite massive lobbying efforts by IFALPA, these nations generally continued to see skyjackers as freedom fighters rather than criminals. 
While not as hamstrung as Ikeo, international political leaders were also divided and hesitant about how to handle skyjacking. ALPA, IFALPA, and professional pilots everywhere, including those from the Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc countries, were united and determined to do something about it. But what should the pilots do? How could they get the serious attention of political leaders? O'Donnell, who was by nature a cautious and conservative man, listened with increasing alarm as rank-and-file pilots demanded drastic action. One idea, emanating from the European pilot groups in IFALPA, began to pick up momentum in the U.S. pilot community in the early 1970s. The idea that gained increasing support was for a symbolic, temporary shutdown of all airline service for a short period. Next time on Flying the Line, the 1981 suspension of service, codename Operation USA. Thank you for listening. This has been Chapter 3, Part 1 of Flying the Line 2 by George E. Hopkins, copyright 2000. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. To listen and subscribe to more in this series, please check us out online at alpa.org or on iTunes, Stitcher, or other podcast platforms. Until next time, this is the Flying the Line podcast, a look into the past of the Airline Pilots Association International. Production copyright ALPA 2022. All rights reserved.